Hello and welcome to the Two Bros Podcast. We are two brothers in real life, and this is the Two Bros Podcast. Welcome. And joining me is my younger brother Arjun. How are you doing? I'm good, sir. How are you? Doing as well as well can be. I'm coming off of a hectic month. Uh, played a bit, stayed outdoors a lot. Mm-hmm. How are you doing? Well, it's a cold January here in uh, Delhi, but uh, you know, playing tennis kept me warm. A bit of cycling. I upgraded my bicycle. Got a new cycle. and uh, took it out for a spin today very interesting good stuff the weather's uh, turning out nicely and uh, happy days ahead i'm glad the winters are behind us and uh, looking forward to some sunny skies good to hear that and you know all of these things we should talk about you know your bike your biking experience etc uh, some stuff that i've done mm-hmm. running around you know all of that but today we are here to talk about football and specifically football at the end of january you know we're getting to the business half of the season and there have been a lot of ups and downs in the premier league to say the least i mean what a season is turning out to be i mean just get the stat and try to wrap your head around it we've had nine different league leaders by now nine different that's like half of the premier league has topped the table at some point or the other in this uh, in this season i mean insane i mean uh, we we started with everton in the lead right and then we thought they're going to run away with it but then it came to a point where liverpool again started showing their colors and they came back and then city started slipping united finally got some momentum and for a moment there united were league leaders and i was on top of the moon but looks like everybody who goes up must come down it's been that kind of a season and at the moment united sits second uh up six points i mean potentially six points city with the game in hand but if they do win that potentially six points behind uh man city who have been in uh, suddenly they found some kind of form even uh, when they're missing their big man uh, aguero up front they somehow just managed to find that rhythm and they got a string of wins behind them so they're off to a flyer i would say well it's not surprising to me because if you remember our episode uh, you know i forget the date but it was probably late october and i said that i'll give city the mm-hmm. edge over liverpool after you know van dijk got injured and uh, finally they put a sequence of wins together and uh, their defense looks imperious you know this harks back to the time guardiola was managing barcelona mm-hmm. but david villa was out with an acl do you remember that season right. where they played the entire season without a striker but i'm i'm not really a fan of la liga maybe they had messi or suarez or somebody to back him up i guess i mean uh, well yeah but guardiola i mean he's really pull something out of his hat here i mean fine uh, gabriel jesus is uh, you know a brazilian forward but he doesn't he lacks the pedigree of let's say a messi or a suarez but he has somehow managed and goals coming in from all all sides and that's been pretty much the the characteristic of a guardiola side the midfield chipping in really well for for instance i mean they they've been missing de bruyne because of covid and stuff suddenly gundogan has showed up and he's chipped in with the goals and assistance really you know taken the the midfield by storm and suddenly you think that oh you know they can in fact manage without uh, you know david silva and de bruyne with the uh, gundogan pulling the strings and it's fantastic yeah. what they've done i mean i hate to say it but it's uh, fantastic yeah it's really surprising i mean gundogan apparently is having one of his best scoring seasons on date and you know you think man city and you think aguero sterling and de bruyne but surprisingly none of these three players are having a stellar season exactly in fact sterling's a little off the boil to be honest everyone's chipping in you know in one game it is gundogan in another game it is their uh, you know full backs cancelo or you know laporte 
they also have uh, their center backs uh, contributing from set pieces and when it's nobody then it is uh, you know people like ferran torres and uh, you know bernardo silva who come in with the goods so it's really an all round effort but uh, to ask you a question now where do you see them going from here i think city have got a really good momentum i mean but then again uh, the the way the season is going i mean hard to say really like uh, just adding to the point that you had uh, mentioned like the match they had against sheffield united fine they got the early goal and they pretty much dominated but the sheffield i think we're seeing like a uh, you know uh, small burst of sheffield united of last season you know they really took city they could have done some real damage but their defense was strong in edison pulled off some amazing uh, saves and like adding to your point that they did get that clean sheet it was a scrappy kind of a win that you would expect against a side like uh, sheffield but uh, the defense did their job edison was there and uh, pretty much stringing things along now i'm looking at uh, the fixtures for for liverpool they got burnley on the 3rd which is uh, two days away and then they've got liverpool now that's going to be very interesting at anfield now i'm i'm not sure <laughs> at this point where that's going to go because now i mean liverpool have also kind of strung some points along then they've got swansea in the fa cup then they've got spurs then they've got arsenal So that's a it's a tough it's a it's going to be a bit of a test and this is where they're going to you know be really tested I mean think of it the last few games they've had they had Sheffield United they had West Brom who they thumped 5-0 they had Villa they had Crystal Palace they had Brighton I mean fine games that you expect to win and they did win no draws nothing clear wins but now I think in the next in February they really will be tested and mind you it's the return of the Champions League so it's the the fatigue factor coming in as well So yeah very interesting to see where uh, city are going to end up i hard to hard to call it i mean that's the kind of season we're having and now when your thoughts bro what do you think well you know city have got squad depth like no other squad in the premier league uh in fact they rested people who had been picked uh you know solely on the basis of last week's performance by innumerable fantasy premier league managers mm-hmm. some people had gone on to make cancelo their captain yep and i see even you captain gundogan yeah. and uh, <laughs> we'll be we know where that got yeah, you it's, it's but uh, you know that's the kind of depth they have if you can leave your man of the match out of your squad entirely for no reason except to rest him that is something so yes fatigue will be a factor but you know they are they are very solid at the back and this harks back to how liverpool won their title mm. with alisson van dijk and you know uh, joe gomez being the solid spine of the team so we've talked about city enough now let us get some perspective about united mm-hmm. the team that sits second from you a lifelong united fan what do you think about united's chances happy where you are or do you think they could do better is it a case of exceeding expectations and you know expectations now being revised upward yeah i mean think of the early part of the season where united were languishing in 15th and uh, you, you could see all the hashtag ole outs and you know uh, things trending like uh, ole has finally been uh, found out you know that he is not uh, premier league material and uh, the board hasn't backed him and he's they've not done good business in the in the in the in the transfer window 
But United, I mean, the way they've bounced back, they had some really tough games and uh, really tough fixtures and they weren't all great wins. They weren't all convincing wins, mind you. They're all, you know, you get those 1-0 against Burnley, you get 2-1 against Fulham, you get that 3-2 against Southampton, that last-minute Cavani winner. Fantastic results, mind you. But uh, scrappy wins, but wins nonetheless. And United found themselves at uh, the top of the table for uh, just just not too I mean not too long ago and it was I think everybody it took it took everybody by surprise but then the hallmark of a champion is to is to turn those draws into wins and those losses into draws maybe or even into uh, uh, wins now this I, I I mind you this was the game on the 26th of December Leicester versus United at the King Power it ended to all but United conceded a pretty much a last-minute goal against, uh, and it was Jamie Wardy who scored, I think, if I'm not wrong. But if they had those three points in the bag, uh, it's going to be a very different story. Even the match against Liverpool that was at Anfield in the Premier League, it was easily a, a winnable match because Liverpool were uh, they had they were playing Jordan Henderson and uh, Fabinho as centre backs. The points were there for the taking, and that's pretty much where United have lacked a bit. And now coming uh, to the last two games, they had they lost to Sheffield United. Sheffield United with their second win of the season, and United gladly giving them points away at Old Trafford. I mean, I fail to understand that. And the completely uh, missable game against Arsenal, which is a nil-all draw. And I'm somehow I'm glad I, I couldn't stay up. I passed out while I was watching that game, and I'm like, this 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 game had nil-all written all over it. So the pedigree is there. I mean, I'm I'm still surprised United didn't do a lot of business. I mean, we have uh, secured Amar Diallo, who has joined the squad. But as I read the news today, uh, Pelestri has been sent out, sent out on loan again. So we we just talked about uh, squad depth. For me, it's it's still lacking for United. And once those Europa League fixtures come in again, it's going to be a bit of a problem, I think. This is all very interesting. But do you think this has a more simple answer? And the answer is Bruno Fernandes? I reckon uh, that he hasn't had an assist in the last five Premier League games, a goal or an assist. Like, uh, yeah, he's not been in his best form, to be honest. But uh, players like Paul Pogba have turned up. Cavani has uh, turned up. Let's say, dare I say, Martial is having a poor season. But uh, Rashford has chipped in here and there. Greenwood has chipped in here and there. And, uh, I mean, Bruno Fernandes, yeah, I mean, you're right. He's not had a, a, he's had a bit of a dip in form, which is, I mean, it's normal. Players go through all that. It's, it's all right, I guess. So, now let me ask you as a United fan. Obviously, you also, you know, even the most optimist fan wouldn't have seen United as league leaders at the halfway point. Now, is it a case of you having expectations revised upward or are you happy if United finish in the top four? Uh, You heard it here before on this very uh, podcast or prior episode, United will win the league. (laughs) We are okay then. <laughs> we are going to clearly, clearly optimism <laughs> overfloweth. Uh-huh. So I mean, I wish all that optimism very well. And I think, we uh, but having watched United play against a depleted Arsenal side, mm-hmm. mind you, an Arsenal side missing Aubameyang, missing mm-hmm. Bukayo Saka, uh, a, a semi-fit Thomas Partey, uh, a woeful Pepe, uh, missing in action villain mm-hmm. and you know you guys struggle to create chances I mean I'll be forgiven for thinking that you know uh, Man United would overachieve if they finish in the top four 
No, but you know the season we're having, and the reason why we haven't been able to do a, a you know like a podcast that we normally do about a game week review is that they've just been coming so thick and fast. It's midweek game end and weekend, you know, and it's again and again. And the timings are so off. Like I can't even keep track of what games. And apparently, there's another game week starting tomorrow, Tuesday. I mean, when did when was the last time that happened? And uh, well, anyway, the I think again it comes down to squad depth for me. The, every single player is playing again. You have depth on the bench. I think Ole needs to be a bit uh, ambitious. I mean, rest Pogba, rest Fernandez, play Van de Beek. Van de Beek is raring to go. Play Mason Greenwood. You have kids. Tuan Zebe, fine, play him. You know, rest uh, Maguire, who has looked a bit, let's say, fatigued uh, in some cases, you know. There, there are options. I think uh, Ole has just got to be a bit amb- ambitious in his uh, team selection, I think. Yeah, that's a valid point right there. And this is the... Uh, point in the season where uh, you know fatigue leads to injury injury leads to uh, you know thinning squads and you drop a few points here and there and all of a sudden in a tight race like this you're outside the top four case in point being Liverpool who yeah. at one point were running away with it then dropped all the way down to fourth they've made some ground back up uh, after winning against Spurs rather convincingly I thought uh, with Mo Salah you know getting back to form in the absence of Mane and they ran out 3-1. Good value, you think? It wasn't Spurs. It was West Ham. I think it was West Ham. It wasn't Spurs. Sorry, they beat Spurs before. before and then that, they beat yeah, West yeah, Ham right. again. So, yeah, like I you mean, said, game week's coming thick and fast. So, yeah, I mean, Liverpool, we know the quality they had. We know they struggled with injuries. But uh, Klopp, I mean, the, the man somehow finds uh, a way around. And that's why he's going to be remembered as one of the great managers uh, we've ever had. Uh, well, I hate to say this, but uh, let's, it looks like Liverpool are turning it around. But uh, yeah, I mean, their losses, the points dropped, they are going to haunt them. It remains to be seen where they end up and how, uh, you know, if they are made to pay for those mistakes that they made early in the season. Let's see what happens. So you mentioned a game that's coming up in two game weeks time. Uh, do you think this is the title decider, City versus Liverpool? I mean... Ordinarily, I would agree with you, but be the, the kind of season we're having, it's just topsy-turvy. I wouldn't be surprised if Leeds United win the season at this point. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. So, yeah, it's, it's just one of those seasons where I, I think it was Ole Gunnar who said, uh, well, look at the season. It feels like it's an NBA season. You you play a game and then you, you're on the, on, on the road again and you play another game and another game. It's just back and forth, back and forth. It is what it is. But uh, yeah, it's, it's a very interesting season and it's very unpredictable and uh, I, I, I quite like it. And I like where uh, United are, at least, uh, for the time being. Well, uh, I think we are joined uh, at the hip about that opinion, you know, loving the season, loving the unpredictability. And uh, Leicester City, Mm -hmm. the perennial underdog, they find themselves in the mix. They, as we speak, are only a point behind Liverpool and two points behind Man United. Your thoughts about them? Yeah, but again, even even a team like Leicester are struggling to you know find consistency. Like they they get the big win against uh, Chelsea, they beat them two 0 and then they lose three one to Leeds United at at home. Everybody is struggling for consistency at this point. It's just that kind of a season, and I think this is one season we're going to talk about for years to come. That that one season, pretty much the world went for a toss in the 2020-2021. It's just been that kind of a season. So, yeah, very interesting to top four. I, I think we're in for a bit of a surprise ending. I have a feeling it's going to be interesting in the end. So, yeah. Well, because you talked about the world, let us digress for a bit and talk about the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, when was the last time that you had Atletico Madrid, mm-hmm. AC Milan 
and Marseille and Lyon being in the title mix of their respective leagues. Well, I'll tell you, AC Milan was way back when Kaka and Inzaghi used to play. This is what, way back in 2005-2006. That's the season where they played. Yeah, they, they stuck around till about 8, 9 yeah, and 10. Yeah. And yes, that team was a celebrated team. But uh, yeah, this <laughs> I think everyone's uh, having that kind of a season. God knows what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to end up there. But uh, yeah, another interesting team that's still in the mix for some reason. I mean, by this point, you you expect teams to kind of like, you know, settle in their sweet spots and stay where they belong. West Ham United, however, are fifth. Hanging in there. David Moyes is clearly doing something right. David Moyes was a very, very underappreciated manager at Man United. He had big boots to fill. So perhaps he was judged too harshly too soon. Uh, but he clearly has the goods. He did it with Everton for a number of seasons. Mm-hmm. And now he's doing it with West Ham. And West Ham actually have more resources than he did at Everton. So he's been able to put together a talented bunch of players. Now, you mentioned consistency. And of course, West Ham, they played Liverpool. So we can excuse them for losing 3-1 there. But 35 points is not bad in a season where the leader only has 44 I think West Ham have nothing to complain about. They've had a great season. The fans are going to be uh, excited no matter where they end up. If they continue this run of form, uh, I'm pretty sure we're going to see them in uh, uh, those European uh, spots for for next season. It's it's going to be... West Ham have done well. I mean, think of the teams that that started off really well. Look at Southampton. Southampton were off to a flyer, right? Think of Everton. And everybody has uh, dropped off. Even Villa, for instance, they were in the top four for, for the longest time. Crystal Palace, in fact, were off to a great start. And uh, they've all sort of dropped off to their places where you pretty much expect them to end up. But uh, West Ham, I mean, still hanging in there. I mean, credit, credit where credit is due. Well done, Moyes. West Ham are a very tough team to play. And, uh, you know, Moyes has set them up exactly how he used to. Uh, you know, I remember Everton being a very, very sticky team. You know, they never really went away. And I think West Ham are a more powerful version of that Everton team. Yeah, I remember so kudos, those, kudos to I remember this, uh, this, this memory came to me back uh, when Moyes was in charge of Everton. We had those uh, three very annoying players, uh, Tim Cahill. Oh, wait, in fact, four. Tim Cahill, Leighton Baines, Marwan Fellaini and a certain Mikel Arteta they, who would just turn a result around at the Goodison and you would just like, uh, you know, it's just what Everton you do, you know, back then. Or did and I would then? add, I would add uh, two more names to that list. Okay. Leon Osman. Osman, yeah. And Steven Pienaar, Pienaar yeah. South African footballer to grace the and, Premier League. Uh, they, they were a doughty side, you know, with uh, Phil Neville, Phil Neville. Uh, playing from the Phil back. Jagielka, uh, the oldest defender in the world. Oh, yes, Jagielka. <laughs> oh, yeah, they were a solid team, you know. we yeah, had They had Tim Howard as Tim a keeper. Howard, yeah, Tim Howard for the longest time, that's true. Yeah, so they were a perennial in the mix, you know, top five, maybe the fifth team always kind of team. But uh, credit where credit is due and good, good stuff, Moyes. Speaking of credit, can we give Mr. Mourinho as much credit as we can give Moyes? I don't think so. I mean, the, the, the amount he's run his mouth this entire season for no reason. And he finds himself sixth after pretty much uh, getting all the players that he wanted. I'm not... I think Mourinho has got to be... Spurs have got to demand more from their manager. They spent well and they started well and they have the pedigree. And I believe they've lost Kane recently to a, to a very, to an injury. He's going to be out for a while. 
he started Gareth Bale, uh, but they still lost. They lost to Brighton one nil, and they they're coming off a loss against uh, Liverpool where they were thumbed three one convincingly. Spurs have got to be. Uh, I don't think they're going to be happy, and especially Mourinho. I mean, he's run his mouth a lot like he does, but uh, got to expect better from them, I guess. I agree, and uh, clearly uh, Gareth Bale is past his prime. I mean, he's done nothing all season, and when he gets a start, he's not able to do the goods. You know, there is a certain eventuality about players who earn fat money. And I don't want to draw parallels here. But if you earn fat money and you're not sort of... You're in a club that's sort of... Or maybe you're in a situation that demands, you know, not too much from you. You end up getting... You end up pettering out mm-hmm. towards the end of your career. And uh, the the clear parallel uh, is Mesut Ozil. So... I see Gareth Bale as a lose-lose situation. I mean, Tottenham are paying a big chunk of his wages. Madrid are happy to get rid of him. They are not missing him either. So, I don't know what Bale brings to this Tottenham team, except he's getting in the way of some youngsters and some other players who could use the time. But yeah, mind you, Bale has not started at all. In fact, it was only the the, the injury to Harry Kane that brought him into the side. Steven Bergwijn, for instance, has been the starter for them. Uh, Hoybe is doing so well. Sissoko, everybody's turned up for... And uh, Bale, again, finds himself warming the bench for yet another season. And talking of players who earned fat money and sort of bettered out, the the first name that came to my head was uh, David Beckham. Maybe when he went to... Uh, post his Real Madrid days, when he went off to MLS and stuff, big money signing. And uh, Michael Owen. Michael Owen went for uh, from Liverpool. I think he went to Real Madrid and bettered out a bit. Didn't really uh, got stuck with injuries. Came to United. Did uh, got us that winner against Man City, which is he's probably going to be remembered for. That's the only contribution. Pretty much, that's about it. I'm thinking of uh, players, former players who were uh, past their prime. Certain Frank Lampard. We've seen the end of Frank Lampard, bro. What did you think? Did you see this coming? I think everybody saw it coming. I was a bit surprised. Chelsea are known to be ruthless with their management. And uh, frankly, Lampard didn't have too much of a CV, you know. I mean, you you look at all the two, three, four, you know, former player managers now at in the Premier League. You've got Arteta, whose pedigree is that he was assist- assistant coach to Guardiola for the better part of three, four seasons. You've got Ole, who managed Molder and then came back to United. And he's doing a good job. Mm-hmm. But tides can turn pretty quickly. And I, you mentioned that a large section of the fan base wanted him out. So, mm-hmm. fans are fickle. And, uh, you know, we may yet see that if results don't go his way, we may yet see that brigade come up and be vociferous again. Two people who are not doing a good job. I mean, Lampard was the first one. Clearly, he spent in excess of God knows how many. 200 million. Mm-hmm. And he got the pick of the talent from Europe. I mean, the players that he got were the players on every club's wish list. And he's not been able to deliver the goods. I mean, Timo Werner is on what? A 13-14 game goal drought Mm -hmm. halfway into the season. Havertz has gone missing. Uh, Hakim Ziyech, again, you know, uh, suboptimal. In fact, the guy who's delivering the goods for them is Mason Mount, an academy product, you know. So, Lampard had to go. Everybody saw it coming. And, uh, you know, when you take up the Chelsea job, you know, you're you're in there just warming the seat for the next guy. I think, uh, to some extent, Lampard is guilty of what we had just talked about earlier with Ole sticking to the same side. I mean, picking Mason Mount every single time against every single opponent and not really experimenting much with the squad. I mean, for, for the longest time, Lampard didn't really know 
what his playing 11 is you know he had time and chelsea bought their players really early i mean mind you ziyech had been signed uh, even before the last season had ended so they had time they had all the uh, you know and it's not like chelsea season ranked long because uh, they weren't in the champions league or any of these other things they had the time they and i think lampard was given a fair amount of time but his timing was off because they won against i can't remember who in the fa cup and then he got sacked which it was a bit off for me but they've uh, found another world class uh, manager i mean chelsea think of it you think of within these within this uh, century they've got uh, mourinho they had uh, um, i was going to say avram grant but no that's not him ancelotti they had uh, gus hiddink and now they've got uh, thomas tuchel Correct, you are, and you're forgetting their most decorated manager, Jose Mourinho, in his prime. Did I not say him? I, I think I mentioned Mourinho. Anyway, so now we've, so, we've entered a we've entered an era in the Premier League where we have Pep Guardiola, Jose Mourinho, Jurgen Klopp, Carlo Ancelotti, and Thomas Tuchel now as uh, Premier League managers. Interesting times. The heart just longs for two more names: Sir Alex Ferguson <laughs> and Arsene Wenger. Man. Now that. would have completed what would have been a manager's all-star well, but we digress uh, so uh, you know moving on from chelsea everton clearly after the initial boil they've gone off steam a bit mm-hmm. you know they're languishing now in joint eighth place and uh, ancelotti clearly i mean of course he had that injury to hames but uh, i don't know everton seemed to be in such good nick And now I think without Calvert Lewin scoring, they're struggling for goals. Yeah, I mean, fair enough. I mean, Hamas has come back. He did score a worldy very recently against. I can't remember if it was the Premier League or some other tournament. I mean, <laughs> it's just been that kind of uh, season. Games are thick and fast. But uh, yeah, I mean, Calvert Lewin's gotten off the pace. Uh, Richarlison isn't doing as much. Uh, I mean, Everton. There, I say they're pretty much where I would expect them to finish. I think they're going to finish eighth or somewhere at the bottom half of the top, you know, of the table, uh, top half of the table. Anyway, Villa, for instance, are pretty much the same, I would say, and uh, a team that's had, uh, let's say, the best uh, turnaround uh, at the moment is, is Arsenal. So, what happened? Why? How's how Arsenal suddenly uh, jumped from uh, what fifteenth uh, to tenth? Well, uh, the mind goes back to that Chelsea game mm-hmm. where everyone just got stuck in and everybody just gave two hundred percent. And from start to finish, it was just. And from that game, you know, Arsenal were able to uh, put together a string of wins. Uh, I would say that uh, the youngsters have contributed. In particular, we talked about Smith Rowe. and uh, you know giving him a run on the side and he's become a very key player you know if you have a uh, number 10 running at the opposition's defense even without the ball then you've got something going on and i would be amiss if i didn't mention uh, gabriel martinelli and you know with his fresh legs and return from injury he's also brought energy now this is a guy whose energy can lift up everybody in the team and uh, you know rob holding and uh, pablo mari they had a good uh, partnership going in the absence of gabriel and now gabriel finds it difficult to break back into the squad so this is what you want to see competition the right kind of football um if we had not had a couple of reverses i dare say we would be in much better shape mm-hmm. and i especially like how we played against united uh one player who's just not working for us and i think he'll become a problem in the mid term is billion mm-hmm. and you know even when we were signing him i had this 
worry that you know we are signing an uh, a 30 something year old from chelsea so if he's not good enough for a club to yeah. give you know a, 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 an extension of the contract then we shouldn't be signing him now in the transfer window something to be excited about for arsenal uh, martin odegaard mm-hmm. if i pronounce his name right has joined from madrid again he's a bit of a forgotten prodigy at some time he was called the norwegian messi at other times he was called you know other things so i don't know excited to see him but then again we were history of uh, getting players on loan and them just vanishing a certain dennis suarez comes to mind man how are we and not signing these norwegian wonder kids like with the norwegian manager like haland how are we not signing norwegian these people what's going on here man i don't know but yeah fair play i mean uh, lacazette finally getting in on the goals i mean obameyang is still on a bit of a drought but uh, lacazette turning up and scored a bunch of good goals now to sum up the rest of the the premier league uh, southampton leeds crystal palace wolves newcastle burnley and uh, the three that we had predicted for uh, taking the drop this time have been sheffield west brom and fulham and they find themselves in the bottom three anyway do you think it's going to be like this are we going to lose these three at the end of the season uh yes because uh, the gap as you see it so sheffield united are already 13 points from safety mm-hmm. and uh, even the gap between fulham and brighton after brighton's win last night against tottenham is 7 points and 7 points is an eternity yeah you know at the bottom of the table so i foresee you know uh, these guys all the teams you mentioned southampton down to brighton fighting it out for you know getting to the top half of the table and fulham west brom and sheffield united taking the drop it's unfortunate because mm-hmm. sheffield united had a stellar season last time around and uh, it's just unfortunate that they've not uh, bought well and uh, bought adequate depth and now they're paying the price for it well mind you west brom have uh, the relegation expert the master technician to you know navigate past the quagmire of relegation mr big sam <laughs> wonder if he can uh, pull a worldie i mean he's not tony pulis but still i mean sure <laughs> Uh, let's see what he can pull off. But yeah, I mean, for me, it's got to be Fulham. I mean, I've mentioned uh, I used to really like uh, Scott Parker when he was a player. He was a very influential player, and uh, he he used to play for. Uh, I think he was Leeds. He, he even did a stint at uh, Spurs uh, for for a point. He was a very good player there. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I feel I, I mean I I think we share that sentiment, bro. These young these young managers who are coming in who were players, we've seen them as players, and when they turn up as uh, as managers, you know, you do feel a bit for them. So I, I like I said for Ole, of course I've seen Ole get all those winners for us. And by the time I used to follow, I mean started following United, he was more injury prone and stuff. But same for Arteta, same for Scott Parker, and uh, mind you, a certain Wayne Rooney has joined uh, management as well with Derby. So the the names that we saw as players are now going to turn into managers. I mean, well, such is the circle of life, I guess, and uh, I'm glad that we are seeing both eras. We are, we've seen the era of the great managers, yeah, and now we are seeing the era of hopefully great player managers. And I think the league is richer for it. Uh, a new, uh, very attacking kind of football is in play. Uh, it's less about big names and more about teams. Yeah. uh it's less about uh, you know just signing world class players but more about bringing in cohesive players that can make the team better yeah so i i really like where football is going where the premier league is going and i think uh, you know english teams are set up for continental success 
it's only that in uh, other leagues you know one or two clubs have this hegemony mm-hmm. and because they have hegemony over uh resources they are able to corner all the best players and that's why i think the champions league is not as interesting to watch uh but i'd gladly watch premier league uh, every weekend yeah that's a very good point i mean we can't write off any uh, team yet i mean uh, talking about fixture wise not talking about uh, winning the league and stuff any fixture is up for grabs for any team i mean the results are just uh, all over the place at the moment and this is the very nature of the of the premier league this season at least and it's been like this for a while where teams have spent well and the managers have gotten i mean think of uh, the manager at southampton what a great job he has done uh, you know and really turned it into a cohesive unit like you mentioned and of course like with the with the german league uh, you got one team you got maybe maybe you got like two or three teams and that they pretty much run the show but a team like arsenal with their pedigree is like 10th right now i mean think about it chelsea even after spending 250 million are 7th right now and a team like west ham leicester are still there are still up there very very uh, interesting uh, times to you know witness football and let uh, I me mean, i hope they keep uh, you know int- <laughs> giving us the good stuff brother it's been a fantastic uh, round up and i mean uh, we had to do a round up because it's been a while since our last episode but the way the game weeks were planned and the way the results have just the fixtures have just come in we had to do like a monthly round up instead of a game week round up so yeah interesting stuff brother yeah and uh, thanks for joining in i think i would like to take this opportunity to give a shout out to our regular listeners mm-hmm. and uh, you know you know who you are <laughs> and uh, you know you guys are motivating us to keep us going um we do this outside of our day jobs just as a passion and uh, it's been a pleasure you know discussing all the stuff that interests us and of course arjun's been doing a stellar job bringing in different guests onto the podcast and talking about interesting topics uh, leave us a comment uh, you know we don't have a page or anything but you know our personal pages give us a dm give us a comment give us any send us a text or anything about what what do you think you'd want to hear up up next i think we would do uh, a little more on careers a little more on fitness we've got some interesting friends of ours who are going to join us and uh, we look forward to bringing you all that content fantastic stuff brother i completely agree with you i mean our fans uh, fan there is other fans here to listen listeners they're listeners all right well yeah i mean it's been a, it's been quite a journey it's been very really exciting i mean it's been just a word of two and a half months and we have uh, the response we've gotten is it's been fantastic i mean i'm i mean i'm quite happy with it so yeah i mean thank you to all our listeners out there and thank you for sharing our content and sharing it with your friends even and in fact some of you have in fact joined us on our episodes on on, on the two bros podcast so yeah it's been a, it's been uh, it's been a good ride i would say it's been a good ride and on that note uh, we bid you farewell and uh, on to the next episode see you next time all right sir see you next time